Welcome to the second edition of IMI's Leaders Series podcast, where we will go deeper with leaders on what makes them tick, how they developed their distinct leadership style, and what leading means to them. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Bernard Gloucester, CEO of Tusla. Bernard is an alumnus of IMI's Masters in Management practice, from which he graduated in 2019. I'm also delighted to be joined by Kerry Fleming, Associate Dean at Ashridge Executive Education and an Associate Faculty Member at IMI. In this episode, Bernard shares his thoughts on the power of mentors, sticking to your core values and the importance of culture. I'm delighted today to be joined by Bernard Gloucester, the CEO of Tusla. Bernard, how are you doing today? Really good. It's nice to talk to you, Dave. And you as well. Um, this is the second episode of what we like to call our Leader Series podcast. So I'm really interested to kick off, I suppose, by just speaking to you about your leadership journey, how your career began and how your kind of early experiences in your career shaped the person you became and the leader that you became. Sure. Um, I, I, I think like a lot of people, I guess, I, I've been fortunate in my career and in the opportunities I've had. So I found myself in different leadership positions, different management roles that I may not have always set out on a pathway or a destiny towards. I, I don't think we all have those uh, planned scripts at the start of our career. I don't know too many people who have. Um, and, and I guess my my career is is um, is probably particular to me in that sense, in that all of my career has been in the public service. Uh, and all of that time has been working for what we call the state or the statutory services. Um, I, I started my working life in the Midwestern Health Board, as it was then, and uh, the health boards uh, were then replaced in 2005 by the HSE. Uh, and indeed, what TUSA now does today was part of the health boards and the HSE, but became a separate entity and a separate statutory body in 2014. Uh, but I only came to Tucson in 2019, so I've spent most of my time in the Midwestern Health Board and the HSE. And like a lot of people, I guess, I, I, I started out in a single uh, discipline job. Uh, I wasn't an administrator which a lot of managers traditionally in the public service were. Uh, but I was a social care worker. And so I worked with people who were in the care of the state, older people, people with disabilities and children. And in my case, particularly, uh, it was children for the first uh, part of my career. I suppose sort of the leadership piece came uh, really was maybe not so much in just the leadership that I've had the chance to do and to develop, but in the leadership I was exposed to. You know, I was fortunate to have been managed and led by some very good people in my career and also the experience of being led by uh, some people that, that perhaps, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, take my lead from uh today so you you get a mix of those experiences and I think they shape you but I was really fortunate that I, I met some really good people uh, you know and I met mentors before mentoring was you know probably officially uh, the buzzword uh, that, that it subsequently became. I found that, that when I was working in social care, I had started to manage social care services. And this was all in the first half of my career. Uh, and I found as I progressed through that, that actually I had become more uh, more focused on, uh, more tuned into developing my skills on uh, the discipline of management uh, as distinct from 
the, the, the practice of the particular piece of work I was doing. And around about, uh, you know, the year 2000, I guess, I was making a decision about some uh, some additional training. And uh, I had two different opportunities, one that would have taken me very much down the social care route that I had been on and which, you know, had been such a great part of my career and the other which would take me clearly down further in the management direction. And that was an MBA program that I did uh, back uh, in those days. And very shortly after that, I moved into what's called generic management uh, in the health service. And I did a senior management position in the Midwestern Health Board. And from there on, I've I've held many different senior management positions. Um, and just before I came to Tusla, I was the chief officer of the HSE in the Midwest for many years. Uh, and so that's that's kind of like going, I guess, from the front line to to that more senior position at the time. And the opportunity came up to take on a national uh, role, or at least to apply for a national role and to consider it as the CEO of Tusla, which was an agency only formed a couple of years ago that I was familiar with because it had been in the health service, but was now, as I say, a separate body. And I found myself applying for that and uh, considering it very carefully. And luckily, uh, I came through that recruitment process. I was selected for it. Hard choice to make uh, after so long doing what I was doing. Um, uh, but, But that's where it's taken me to date. And I guess I always say to people, but when I look back at the senior management jobs I've had, in the main for most of them, would I have said five years before that I would have seen myself in that position? And uh, the answer would be no. Uh, so that's why I think I think it's not as mapped out as, as we often think or would like it to be. What in particular have you learned from or borrowed from your mentors that you still implement into your day-to-day? Yeah, it's I, I I guess it's funny, isn't it? And I know we'll we'll talk about the MSC and management practice or MPP as we call it in the IMI shortly. Uh, and we you know the the literature and the frameworks and the importance of those and the research. And it's wonderful to see how uh, the discipline of management and leadership and all associated things has expanded so much. But uh, it does seem to me that there are some pretty staple parts to it and certainly again not exclusive to the public sector Mm -hmm. Uh, but sometimes I think the perception of the public sector is a kind of a nine to five pretty laid back handy kind of a permanent pensionable job type of scenario and and nothing could be further from the truth and nothing could be further from the truth from when I was in the public service first just over 30 years ago. I think core values of of what you're about are important. And I would have been lucky to have had either managers or leaders or bosses who, you know, some of whom particularly uh, would come from a value base, uh, which I think is important. And whether you're, whether you're in public or private uh, pursuit, I, I think I think that's important. Um, and uh, hard work and the ethos of hard work and dedication. And I guess the other thing that, in the modern era, I suppose, because we've become so subspecialized in so many disciplines and my God, in health and personal social services, I think uh, you couldn't find a a bigger uh, example. We have become so specialized as we respond to either public need or scientific advances, which is a wonderful thing. But sometimes in the pursuit of that subspecialization, we find it harder and harder to get what we also need for people, which is integration. Uh, And that's all of those systems and services working together. And I guess the other thing that brings me back to early in my career, we wouldn't have been using the word integration then. But I guess there was always a strong sense of 
the system or the services needed to pull together and work together for the purpose of what we were trying to achieve for the the public or for the population or whoever we were uh, responding to. So I think I think hard work, integration, a values based approach to work, and and that sense of bringing people not just with you in the leadership sense, but I think developing the next generation. I I think I was exposed to being one of the next generation back 25, 30 years ago. And somebody saw me and, and, you know, took an interest and decided to develop me as part of the next generation. And that is something I've done in every management job I've had, that that I I try to work from a principle that, of course, there's part of it I I give to and I get from. But there is a part about recognising that when when you build a service or a system, or an approach to work, you don't do that about yourself or you don't do it in a way that's so dependent on you that it would fall over if you were gone tomorrow. It is about continuity and bringing the next generation with you. And I think anyone I've tried to, you know, lead or manage or mentor subsequently, I've tried to show them the same that was shown to me. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I suppose, the idea of paying it forward and that sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, leadership uh, um, pipeline, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the MPP, the MSc in Management Practice there um, a couple of minutes ago. And I'm interested to just ask, um, you, you took that on between 2017 and 2019. So, but beforehand, uh, what did it you feel it could help you with in terms of your overall career portfolio? Yeah, so I guess I'd arrived at a point in my career where, you know, I had done a lot. I had had the opportunity to do a lot. I'd had a lot of opportunities. And equally, I I guess as a manager in the health service, I was grappling with what are the tools, what are the skill sets, what are the challenges to one's own thinking and thought processes and approaches that are needed for the next phase of life? Because we were in the middle of and in the midst of enormous change in the health service uh, at that time, as is nearly constant. There's a kind of that constant state of flux uh, to public services generally, and again, health services probably particularly. And I, I guess I was struggling with um, saying, what, what, what can I do to develop the skill set I have? Do, do I stop and say, well, sure, look, I have 27 years under my belt and I don't need anyone to teach me anything. I, I can do what I'm doing fine. I, you know, I have my done my master's already and so on and so on and so on. So for me, I guess it, it wasn't about any of those, those things. Uh, it was about what can I develop myself more with? What can I, what can I consider and, and how can I grow that? And so I started to, I started to just toy around with the possibility of doing something. And, and to be honest, uh, when I did it, it could have been anything at, at the start. It could have been anything, I think, in the space of management or in the area of just further academic pursuits uh, or research. I, I remember at the time, the then CEO of the Health Service Executive, who himself had been a graduate of MPP, as it's called, the MSc in Management Practice, he he, um, he probably challenged me to consider that as an option, uh, along with all of the others. And uh, to be fair, he gave me the space to, to consider all of them. So I went and I met uh, the then director of MPP, had a chat and I kind of instinctively felt after that, yeah, this is this is probably the place I'm looking to be. And that was not so much about that I knew what the program would be like at the end for me, but I think the description of the approach to the program, the style of the program, the way it works, uh, the way the group 
is designed and intended to work. The influence of individual tutor, personal tutor, uh, which is really not an academic tutor, but is quite significant in mentoring, I think, in so many ways, or coaching or a combination of all of those. So so all of that was really attractive to me and uh, suddenly found myself on it. And uh, in a very busy program that ran straight through for 24 months, it's not like two academic years, but it ran straight through. I suddenly found myself out the far end of it, wondering where did all that time go? Because it was a bit of a whirlwind in so many ways. Yeah, really, really good, really worth that. It was really worth it because it was the right, you know, it was the right choice for me. It was the right choice for me at the stage of my career I was at. It was the right choice for me in terms of my age. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't a plan for a next step in my career. Uh, so when I went to MPP, I wasn't thinking uh, at all about anything like uh, the CEO of Tusla. In fact, I was more focused on what I was doing as a chief officer in the HSE. So, yeah, so it was, um, it was just from a, a choice at that stage of my life. Bernard, you pointed to the standout attributes of the programme and the feedback we get from the programme is that it instantly resonates with participants and allows them to implement the learnings into their day to day. Did you find that in your own experience as well? I think one of the attractions of, of, of the programme is its applied nature. And we use the word applied, of course, quite loosely, I think, sometimes when it suits us. But when we were going on to the programme, the group I was with, which was a really, really great mix from across public and private sector, uh, predominantly private, some from family business, some from international leading companies, some people really self-made in success and all of those experiences that you have and can contribute to that sort of um is set up nicely um the basis i think for the program to become very attractive in the applied sense Um, and what do i mean by that well in the first year of the program particularly you have a lot of inputs and modules in different parts of understanding uh, an organization and its organizational design and structure and culture and strategy and and so, so many other component parts and in each of those you have a brief assignment not easy but but brief enough that you do but you do it generally applied to your own organization or if it's more about leadership styles and so on applied to yourself uh, it's done in a very safe way it's done in a very safe space you're not um, you're not giving away any corporate or family secrets or anything else and so you do that but but then you have the added benefit that you're talking with your group uh, about your your use of the the models or the frameworks you're helping each other and you hear how they're using it and how in their particular organization might apply differently and from that you get possibilities uh, as well as giving others possibilities to consider so it opens up a real discourse of, of that collegiate way of everybody giving a different view of the world so that's the first applied part of the program the second applied part of the program i guess is that when you come to the end of year one you do essentially a combination of all those assignments with a bit more work to to, to boot. Uh, and that's a full analysis or assessment or a diagnostic of your own organisation. And out of that, you elicit a particular challenge or a problem or indeed something that's already very successful. And you identify a change initiative from that. And that change initiative informs then further research where you spend the summer doing a literature review and a consideration of that. And then you go into the second year or second 12 months of the program and you spend that year writing and building and living that change initiative in whatever way it is, using all of the frameworks, all of the academic literature, but more importantly, all of your own personal learning as a leader. And that transforms into 
uh, what ultimately leads to essentially a research thesis. That if you were to, I think if you were to take a research thesis, somebody did an MPP and look at it, the first day you go into the program, you probably wouldn't come back the second day. But the program is actually built in such a way that it doesn't let you go to that point. It builds you all the way without necessarily you predefining the end. Uh, and that's probably where the real learning, I think, comes from. That's where the maturity uh, is in the people. And it might sound a bit, you know, experiential or a bit fluffy uh, for some, but there is actually real maturing in a process like that. Yeah, it's fantastic uh, insights there. And I suppose um, something that is very interesting when we look at uh, your case, Bernard, is that having finished the MPP, you you had your you started the role in uh, TUSA um, as CEO. But then after just a few months or uh, of that, or you know, a little over a year, the, the pandemic came along. Um, so I suppose I'm interested to, to learn what, given the change initiatives that you discussed there and kind of dealing with change, how did the MPP help prepare you for um, the first few months of the role, and then, of course, the the change that was wrought uh, by the pandemic. Then, yeah. So I think, uh, uh, firstly, the pandemic itself. Look, the pandemic curveballed. Uh, I think even the most resilient uh, of people and organisations, whether they're state organisations, businesses, uh, enterprises, and and so on. There is no doubt it. You know, it is it is the um, greatest global challenge that that recent history has uh, presented and and so managing and leading in that type of um, a scenario i guess really calls anyone who had responsibility for anything to, to think differently and for public services like ours we're the state service for child protection uh, for children in care who can't live at home for responding to domestic and sexual gender-based violence for providing adoption services and then a whole range of discrete services in the family support domain and we have statutory responsibility for that so it's not uh, it's not just uh, it's not just a kind of you know do do it as you please there are very significant requirements we're highly regulated uh, we work in very sensitive um, areas of, of, of life. And so we were one of the government services that were determined as essential right throughout the pandemic. So we had to alter our way of working. Um, and, you know, I know people have heard and probably tired of the phrase agility to some degree, but agility is actually really important and being able to demonstrate that and being able to get your organisation up to that when you provide the type of service we do. So that was, that was the pandemic and it continues to be probably the most significant feature of the actual managing through the pandemic was in the first number of months, we had a very important um, initiative in the organisation where we had a crisis management team uh, responding to the different organisational needs and risks that the pandemic presented. By the time we got to the, if you like, third lockdown uh, coming into uh, Christmas at the end of 2020, we actually had stood down the crisis management team. We were still managing COVID and managing and responding to it, but we actually had stood down the crisis management team and managing COVID and managing our services in COVID had become, with a slight inverted commas, normal business. So so that's that's COVID, and I guess it'll teach us lots of things. But in terms of coming into Tusla before COVID, and, and I guess the, the type of change initiatives you talk about and how would the programme help? Well, when I came to, to Tusla, um, I had done a lot of work with the board 
difference between the announcement of my appointment and my taking up my position. And, uh, you know, TUSLA has had many challenges, uh, like any public service organisation. TUSLA also has a huge amount of good in it. There isn't a lot of space sometimes in the public domain to hear that good, but that's a different, maybe that's for another day. Uh, but but there's certainly very significant challenges organisationally uh, and otherwise. And so I identified three focus areas for myself. One was improving the quality of the service, particularly the consistency. Uh, of quality across the country. There were lots of examples of quality, but there wasn't consistency. The second was improving the staff capacity and environment because again we are a people organization we deliver our services through people and in what we call relationship-based services we're not we're not a technology we use technology in the background but we're, we don't provide through technology uh, and the third is public confidence because as the public service responsible for something as sensitive as child protection and taking all of the headline stories over recent years like the disclosures tribunal and major investigations there's a huge amount of work to be done in that space around public confidence. So I flipped that over into three pro, not programs, but I suppose three processes of priority change. Uh, One was in the practice which is linked to the quality. One was in culture, which is linked to the staff and the people and indeed all the people we relate to. And one was in the, the governance and management structure because it was quite fundamentally challenged and there were a lot of problems with it and still are because we're working through it. But I guess what what, what did I bring from the programme? Well, firstly, I brought an understanding of how to do or make that type of assessment, but to make it in real time as opposed to spending years um, thinking about it. The second thing is, in my own particular case in the programme, I had spent a lot of time studying, researching the importance of culture and what that means and how that impacts on the other parts. And equally, structure and understanding structure in its own right and of its own right is not of itself a priority pursuit, but it is important when connected to the rest, particularly when you come to governance and management and oversight in an organisation like TUSNA. But I would say, looking back, uh, and I'm, I've only started some of those changes to a degree, but the fact we're on that pathway, I'd say, looking back on that period of time, well, what, what did the programme give me that played a part in that? So apart from the exposure to uh, lots of new frameworks, ways of thinking and literature uh, around those, the chance to research those, what the programme really gave me, I think as a manager, you know, out there at the end of the day, dealing with this in front of me, you know, CEOs, I guess, are often seen as pure strategic people that don't involve themselves in the operational world. And again, nothing could be further from the truth in public services. And so what the programme gave me, I think, was it gave me an insight and it gave me a capacity to reflect on the connection and the importance and the interdependencies between the different parts of the approach to the change and that all three were interconnected and, in fact, would not deliver any of the benefits that were intended unless they were interconnected and unless they all progressed together. And that that would have been a very significant learning for me in the process of the two years, and particularly the study that I, I pursued in my thesis. If you were speaking to a leader now, Bernard, who was considering the MPP, what would be the key differentiator and why would you recommend it? I, th- I think if you if you are looking for a program that perhaps I I would call uh, the traditional mug jug method of pour it out and pour it back in an exam or an assignment, this is not the program for you. Uh, and I'm not sure how uh, applicable a lot of those programs are now to senior management and leadership anyway. But 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 this would not be that type of program. What I would say that recommends this program. I think probably if I was to pick three things that come to mind, and I'm sure I could pick lots more. The first is the benefit of the way the group that are selected to do the program are constructed. 
And that's the mix of backgrounds and experiences and learnings that get shared and, and uh, get shared in a way that become very supportive. And that has continued long after the program. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group in, in from the year that the group that I was with, and uh, it could go dormant for a couple of weeks and then it could take off live uh, again uh, quickly on a particular uh, issue or observation. And there's a great friendly aspect to that as well as, as uh, a more serious side to it. So the group as a model of learning is important. The second thing I would say is that the function of the tutor, your own personal tutor and the way that's designed on the program over the two years, for me, that was just, that was a really good experience because it was in that context that I was allowed to develop my ideas, but that equally there, there was an integrity of approach by the tutor to challenge those ideas, to fundamentally challenge them uh, and to make you go back and look uh, at other ways and other considerations. So the, 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 the tutor dimension of the program. And the third thing I would say is that the content of the program that you're exposed to that invites you to go and develop your own additional content. And you do have to work at that. You know, if you just if you just want to take it handy, uh, again, this wouldn't be the way to do it. But uh, it, does, it does invite you and it does open you to go and pursue in more detail other content that's particularly relevant to you. And I think when you take all of those three and the type of learning approach and style that's in it that I know you've talked about uh, on a podcast last month uh, with, with Donald O'Donoghue, I think when you take all that together, yeah, that that makes it uh, makes it a program that will it will challenge you. And like any program, at times you'll wonder why did I uh, find myself here. But when you come through it and come out the other end of it, that's perhaps where the learning becomes more obvious. Brilliant stuff, uh, Bernard Gloucester. I want to thank you very much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks. I want to thank Bernard very much for his time and his insights, and of course to Kerry as well. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and if you're curious to learn more about the Masters in Management Practice, please visit imi.ie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.